Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Oh, the reach-in by Hazonia off the thigh of Morant, and the Grizzlies will wave the white flag, and the Blazers get a huge victory to start the first of eight seeding games. They battle back from down nearly double digits in the fourth. This is the Believe in Trailblazers show. The Portland Trailblazers have won the World Championship. On Believe Podcast Network. Boom, chakalaka! Portland's number one sports podcast network. Now. The Blazers win in four overtime. 140 to 137. Here's your host, Jordan Schultz. The NBA is officially back, baby. That's right. The excitement that I'm feeling after the Blazers beat the Memphis Grizzlies in overtime, 140 to 135. It's just at critical mass at this point. Just an insane game. That was awesome. Rift City did suffer through some of those same issues. Uh, I can't really call them growing pains at this point. Just issues that plagued them earlier in the year, like when they disappeared on the offensive end in the third quarter against the Grizzlies. But some of their problems, like the lack of size without Nurkic and Collins on the floor, became an immediate positive for a team desperate to grab the eighth spot in the playoffs. And after beating Memphis, the Portland Trailblazers are now only two and a half games behind them for that eighth spot. And with seven games remaining, each one means so much more than ever before. In fact, I'd argue that the team should already be treating these final seven games as must wins in a playoff like atmosphere. But before we look forward, let's celebrate the effort that Rip City put into their opening game in the bubble and talk about how they got the win. Jordan Schultz sitting in with you. Episode 29 of Believe in Trailblazers on the Believe Podcast Network. Believe is Portland's number one sports podcast network. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you have any burning questions that you want answered on the show, or if you heard something I said and want to tell me I'm crazy, hit me up on Twitter, on the air, Jordan, with an O. This show available wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Now, before we get into how well the Blazers played for, well, about three out of four quarters against Memphis, I've got to start off with the obvious differences in games in Orlando without fans. Um, We all kind of expected that. Obviously, it's a lot different than teams playing at their home arenas and whatnot. How are those differences, though, affecting teams playing in the bubble? And, uh, I mean, let me know on Twitter, on the air, Jordan, with an O, did you see anything as far as the players uh, playing better or worse uh, in an atmosphere without fans? And then on top of that, how different was it for the refs trying to officiate the game? We saw a lot of stupid, chippy fouls, in my opinion, a lot of crappy technicals called CJ I remember him saying after the game, he got one without even saying anything. I know Zach Collins got one at one point. I think it was in the second half. Uh, I think overall we saw like eight technicals called on both teams. Just an unbelievable number, at least in my opinion. And and on top of that, I mean, you can't even focus on just the technicals. Talking about the refs officiating the game. There were 84 free throws total. 84. You Average that out just to about 42 fouls. That's insane. Uh, all right. I'm sure there's a huge difference when referees don't have fans to distract them and there's loud noises going on. 
uh, maybe that keep them from hearing a few things that players say to each other normally. But that kind of just whistle interference is what I want to call it over and over and over again. It destroys the flow of the game overall. And as a fan watching, it just sucks. Nevertheless, how it must feel for the players and coaches, especially Terry Stotts trying to get the win against Memphis in a very huge game one back for the restart. You got to stop making yourself the main attraction as the referees. Just before we dive into how this game went, I wanted to say that right off the top. No one is watching how you NBA referees are trying to see how many times you can blow your whistle over and over. Nobody's tuning in for that. That was the one thing that really got to me while watching the Blazers reopener, if you want to call it, of course, other than the run Memphis went on in the second half. Also, how weird was it for y'all to watch the game without any fans and not just for the players, but how get, how weird was it for you to watch without any fans? I don't think I noticed a huge difference really until the fourth quarter. Uh, that's obviously when the home crowd kind of usually gives the team a boost and they get the loudest they've been all night. They get the most emotional and into it. They've been all night, pretty standard sports one-on-one there with any sport or any league. But when Carmelo hit those two threes in the last couple of minutes, and then CJ hit that runner, um, you kind of expected to hear that huge reaction from Rip City Faithful. At least I did. So I definitely felt that emotion kind of missing from the end of the game, at least going into overtime. I don't think it affected the Blazers um, as much as I would have guessed. So that's a good thing for sure. Uh, Even without that emotional push that, you know, we all wish that we were there watching them at the Moda Center, but you know, with the circumstances obviously not happening, don't really want to dive too much more into that, but it just seemed more noticeable to me as a fan. And I just wanted to point that out, uh, especially in that fourth quarter. But like I said, it didn't really seem to affect the Portland trailblazers. The players seemed locked in, especially later in the second half going into that late fourth quarter. So as far as the actual gameplay in the 140-135 win over the Grizzlies goes, everything that you wanted to go well for the Portland Trail Blazers ended up going well. Well, at least until about five minutes to go in quarter number three. Uh, At first, Portland, they came out looking unstoppable. It was so exciting watching those first few minutes there. And just unbelievably, uh, it was like, okay, These guys haven't missed a beat. Damian Lillard had obviously been working out the whole time. CJ McCollum, uh, as well as Gary Trent Jr. getting better. And we all heard the Slim Mellow and uh, moniker and saw what he did physically to his body. That transformation kind of redistributing his weight. Uh, The Blazers just came out of the gate looking amazing. Unstoppable. Dame coming in, driving to the hoop, even though he wasn't hitting three pointers. It's not like I'm trying to say. They were playing perfect, but they look like they normally do. And then CJ, of course, scoring a bunch. I think he went for over 30. Gary Trent Jr. coming in, contributing a ton in the first half. Nurkic coming back. Carmelo Anthony, all those guys playing like studs. And even though Lillard didn't have it from long range, like I just said, actually looking at the numbers really quick, two for nine from three, he still dropped 29 because he was going to the hoop and shooting free throws for the entire game. Maybe some of those were the chippy fouls I was mentioning earlier by the referees, but I'll take it if it concerns 
the face of Rip City in Damian Lillard. All right. I think we'll all take that for sure on our side as Blazers fans. And yeah, looking at the numbers, CJ had 19 in the first half, led the team in scoring with 33. And I'm not going to dive too much into the numbers uh, for the rest of these seven games. Just really exciting to see basketball again. And uh, obviously, everyone's been waiting to see what the Blazers would do coming out uh, from this restart uh, and the three-month layoffs. So just exciting to see an overtime win for Portland. You got to break it down a bit in this episode of Believe in Trailblazers. I just mentioned Gary Trent as well. Uh, certainly at least in the first half, um, a huge reason why the Blazers were doing so well, that three that he hit at the end of the first half was clutch. And like I just mentioned, he looked like he got even better during his time off that hard nosed playing style. It's tough for other teams to defend when Gary Trent jr. Is on, especially when everyone's still kind of trying to get their legs back under them. They're definitely not there yet. Uh, unfortunately, though, Gary Trent Jr., he scored 13 in the first half, went scoreless in the second. Uh, the entire team actually kind of quieted down, stopped hitting shots, actually stopped shooting as much. Uh, Memphis was all over them defensively, credit that, but just an unbelievable transition of success into some bleak minutes for Portland in the second half against Memphis for sure. Uh, but, but before you mentioned that, you got to talk about Yusuf Nurkic looking so strong and so healthy. He already changed the way the team operates in game one uh, of this restart. And that presence and that wide range of abilities, the passing abilities, his ability to just go to the hoop like you saw, uh, didn't really see him shooting as much to that soft touch. Uh, you, of course, always love to see that. He, I think, missed one three. But all that confidence is there. And it's good to see after such a terrible injury and I know that he had to come back not only physically, but mentally from that. So they've been missing that all season. And it is just so great to see him back playing with that confidence. An amazing game. Yusuf Nurkic had 18 points, nine boards, five assists. Welcome back, Yusuf. We have missed you. Although it does need to be mentioned that after the game, uh, the news about Yusuf Nurkic's grandmother um, terrible, sad news uh, coming out that she has COVID-19. Actually, she is in a coma with the virus. And Yusuf's message about it uh, to the press was simple. Wear the damn mask. And I agree with him. People that are fighting and don't want to wear a mask. That's my quick five-second public service announcement uh, concerning all this. The fact that Yusuf Nurkic, it is hitting him so personally and close to home. I mean... How would you feel if your grandmother got that? I love the hell out of my grandma. That would be devastating to me. So wear the damn mask. And just pointing that out because the fact that he was able to perform like he did while suffering through those very hard emotions, it just make Nurkic see, it makes Nurkic seem much more of a, a superhero to me than he already was. And he did that all in his first game back from one of the worst leg injuries I've ever seen in my life. What a good dude and a good person. It, we are so lucky to have him in Rip City. Prayers out to his grandmother as well. Let's all hope that she's going to be okay soon. And, and so Yusuf obviously playing well and contributing uh, to the Blazers win. It all looked like it was going smooth that we were just talking about until earlier in the second half. The Blazers just went completely quiet from the field. I think they only shot like three or four or five threes in the third quarter. That's not much for the team 
uh, that really likes to light it up from long range. Memphis just took advantage immediately. They went on, I think it was a 30 to six run, just killed a 15 point Blazers lead like that. And it was pretty discouraging at that point, at least for me, because if you're watching the Portland Trailblazers at that point, after the restart, you're kind of wondering, am I having deja vu as a fan? It feels like we're dealing with the same big issue that they did all season when you're watching them. One bad quarter that hurts the team over the course of 48 minutes, and they just can't get it done for whatever reason during a section of the game, and that happened to be the third quarter against Memphis. They were up by like six or eight, and in less than two minutes after that run had started, of course, they were up by 15 at the half, or uh, they were up by quite a bit uh, at the half, and then going in, the lead just shrunk and shrunk and shrunk further into the third quarter. You just turn around, and then you're down by 10 in less than two minutes. Yes, all right, a hot shooting streak from Memphis. That, it, it made it unstoppable for them, but it was this same quarter that Portland wasn't shooting much, and, and not just only threes, but in general for that matter. So why are the Blazers having the same issues in their first game back with a mostly healthy team that they did when Nurkic and Collins were out? I thought guys coming back from injury would help plug those holes during the game. Listen, I know basketball's a game of runs, but I get pretty frustrated watching the Blazers sometimes still, even after this restart with all their guys healthy except Rodney Hood, because they are way more talented than their record shows this year. And now that their guys are all back except Hood, you don't expect them to give up a lead like that. Good teams don't give up leads. And that's going to be something to watch for. They did get the win against Memphis, thankfully, but the Blazers cannot keep doing that and expect to get wins for the final seven games. I would be remiss, though, if I did not mention Carmelo Anthony. Skinny Mello looking vintage in the Blazers' first game back. I think that he was the X factor and the reason that the Blazers ended up getting this win. Those two threes to take the lead in the last two minutes were huge. Future Hall of Famer, man, he still has ice water in his veins straight up. And once again, the main reason, in my opinion, that the Blazers were able to get to overtime and end up getting that win. Thank God for Carmelo. Uh, Scored 21 when it was all said and done. And I truly believe he will be the X factor for the Blazers in Orlando. And game one, he it proved it, in my opinion. He was scary good, and the league needs to make sure they take note no matter how old he is right now. So thankfully, because of Melo and Dame and CJ taking care of business, uh, coming back like they haven't missed a beat in overtime, uh, Portland was finally able to get over the hump. Uh, They were still going shot for shot with Memphis, though, of course, at the end of the game. A crazy final few minutes to watch. But the Blazers capped it off, uh, started overtime with an 11-0 run. And Memphis hit a couple of shots. It was a little scary because Zach Collins and Yusuf Nurkic fouled out. But the Blazers were able to hold on and beat Memphis 140-135. to And speaking of Collins and Nurkic fouling out, one thing that I was paying extra attention to was the reinsertion of Yusuf Nurkic and Zach Collins going into the lineup again. Early opinions on whether or not Hassan Whiteside, Nurkic, and Collins can be on the same team or not, they are very positive, at least in my opinion. I mean, 
because of those guys fouling out late, Whiteside was able to come in and keep the Blazers with that same look and that same size with Memphis having to put up with them. It's just a great situation for Terry Stotts. And I thought that he was seamlessly able to take those guys in and out and it didn't affect the main operations of the offense. I've been saying this for months. The Blazers need to try and play the three of them each 30 minutes a game. I know uh, it didn't look like Whiteside played 30 minutes a game this time around. I think it was closer to like uh, 20 minutes. And maybe that's just because, you know, Terry didn't like the matchup particularly against Memphis with Whiteside. I know he didn't use Anthony Simons at all. And a lot of fans were wondering about that. But I think Terry Stoss just tinkering uh, with what he thinks is going to be the best guys on the floor for the final eight, now seven, six, five, four games of the season. You may see a difference against Boston. You may see a difference against LA, um, but it's going to be, I think, that bigger look that the Blazers have been missing all year. And if you've got those guys playing well, Collins, Nurkic, and Whiteside, I don't think anybody can beat them. Call me crazy, but I think it's the solution to a lot of Portland's issues this season, other than injury, of course, but we're talking about the ability to keep uh, your guys playing with consistent effort for 48 minutes. Those guys all on your team helps. And when one of you gets into foul trouble or two of you gets into foul trouble, you can end up bringing whoever's on the bench in and not miss a beat like we saw against the Grizzlies. And speaking of Memphis, on the other side of the coin, I got to give credit to them. They are stacked with talent. Uh, I think Oregon's own Dylan Brooks is just amazing. He's one of the better players in the NBA now. I think John Morant is already top 50 in the league with his talent. Just the way that he moves around the hoop, can step back and shoot the three. It's uh, You kind of want to compare him to Damian Lillard with the athleticism as well because he is just so good at getting the ball to the hoop. So the Grizzlies were great, and they had a really, really good game against Portland. The Blazers were a little bit lucky to get the win, uh, but Carmelo hitting those shots at the end really sealed it, at least getting it into overtime. And that 11-0 run kind of capped it, like I said. I mean, the Memphis Grizzlies, though, they were tearing the Blazers' defense apart at some points. And and, and then their offense, the, the Grizzlies were just, it looked like they were, out efforting the Blazers at times. So I would be excited to watch a play in series, whether it was one or two games of Memphis and Portland. I think that would be one of the most exciting things that we could see as Blazers fans before the playoffs. Oh, and I forgot I was going to mention Jaron Jackson jr. He went off 33 points in that game to lead the Grizzlies. Just insane. Memphis has so much talent. And like I said, it's going to be a very entertaining play in tournament if it is Blazers v. Grizzlies for that. All right, so now that the Blazers have won their opener or restart opener against Memphis, they are actually in a good position, regardless of what happens for the next couple of games, to become the eighth seed and force someone else in to fight for that play-in spot. So not only could they just kind of slide into the ninth seed, they have got a good shot at even just getting the eighth seed. They do have to hold four other teams off while doing that. And you got really, really hard opponents and good opponents, Denver and the Clippers on your schedule, Houston and Boston. So it's not guaranteed, but just think of the possibility 
of Portland not having their backs against the wall. It's also worth noting that the first three days of the NBA's restart have gone as good as the Blazers could have asked for, perfectly for Rip City. Uh, To remind everyone to get into the playoffs, as we're talking about, the Blazers either need to remain in the ninth seed, and that is within four games of the eighth seed in the Western Conference, most likely Memphis, to force that play-in series of games or earn the eighth seed outright during the games that we're playing right now, the seeding games for the uh, eight final games of the season, and win one of those play-in games. So they now sit two and a half games behind the Grizzlies after the win, as we mentioned at the open of Believe in Trailblazers episode 29. And Narlins, the New Orleans Pelicans, lost their first two games back. The chances for Rip City getting in to at least the play-in tournament against the uh, Grizzlies are just looking better and better. There's still a couple of weeks to go in the rest of this quote-unquote season of these seeding games, and Rip City, they have got to have a must-win mentality. Treat every game like it's a one-game playoff at this point. You know, usually I think that line is pretty overused and cheesy, but in this case, after not playing basketball for over three months, I think that is the best mentality that the team can have at this point. They have sacrificed so much to be in Orlando and take part in the bubble league. Dame saying goodbye to his family. The rest of his players or the rest of these players saying goodbye to their families for months at a time. That is to me, that is a huge sacrifice. That is one of the ultimate sacrifices a person can make. So they need to make sure they're not wasting their time as Dame already asked the team on his birthday. So I think the best mental approach for them to take is to go into each matchup thinking of it as a one-game do-or-die playoff. And if the Blazers can play in the rest of their games with as much energy as they did in their opener against Memphis, minus that third quarter, of course, all right, it was a blip, the NBA needs to watch out for Rip City. I'm telling you, I am so excited to see what they can do. I am just stoked to watch basketball. And I hope that when I talk to you next, it's that when we're all excited about the Blazers being even closer to that eighth seed. And really quick before we get out of here, props to the NBA for keeping everyone safe. It was reported by multiple sources that the NBA hasn't had any positive COVID tests since July 20th inside the bubble in Orlando. How awesome is that? Now we can all officially forget about the stress around us, at least temporarily, and settle in knowing that we can have some fun watching the Blazers surprise the basketball world. And that's going to do it for episode 29 of Believe in Trailblazers. If you have any burning questions about the team you want answered, or if you want to tell me I'm crazy, lots of people do. Hit me up on Twitter, on the air, Jordan with an O. This show available wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find the show at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter. That's all for now, Portland fans. Please stay healthy and wash your hands. I'm Jordan Schultz, and I'll talk to you next week. Rip City, baby. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.